I didn't know his fancy dress for it. You look like an angry lizard. You've got to make an impression, darling. So, tell me, what makes Queen any different from all of the other wannabe rock stars I meet? I'll tell you what it is, Mr. Reed. Yeah! We're four misfits who don't belong together. They're playing for other misfits. They're the outcasts right at the back of the room. We're pretty sure they don't belong either. We belong to them. Welcome to another edition of The Substandard, sponsored by Casper Mattress and Calm, the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Jonathan V. Last and Michael Warren, filling in for Sonny Bunch, who is on paternity leave. I'd like to remind you The Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look at our podcast and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please leave a review, tell your friends, and subscribe. Gentlemen, uh, how are we? First of all, let me preface this by saying uh, apologies. Uh, I, I don't think I was able to bring my A game, especially in terms of transitions and things of that nature to this show, because I am still recovering from election night 2018. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Um, it, it Mike w- Mike Warren, how are you? I'm, I'm, Let's talk I'm, a little well, politics. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, uh, thank you, you. You do politics. I've seen you on CNN. Yes. Uh, what are your post-election announcements? What's the takeaway? Give us a takeaway. Well, well, the takeaway. Well, of course, let's. We have to first talk about the polls. Oh yeah, um, the polls. The this year they Weren't they, they were crazy. Well, they, they yeah, and they what something. they told. Well, they told us a lot of things. I think in the run up to the election. Of course, what we know is that the most important poll is the one on election day, which ended up being the one that mattered the most. And I think that is something that, um, as we go forward, we should uh, always keep in mind and really kind of be be a little more humble, I think, about... Mm -hmm. About mm-hmm. about things. Mm-hmm. It really came down to turnout this time. I was going to ask you, JVL, what did it come down to? It really, I mean, when you look at the turnout, mm-hmm. especially in those districts. Yes. Uh, out well, and the, the states. Don't in, forget, don't in forget the, the regions. The All those districts. I think there are very specific regional mm-hmm. differences mm-hmm. where if you went mm-hmm. district by district and looked at the turnout models, yeah. they, they were, in some cases, right on with what we expected. Mm-hmm. In some mm-hmm. cases, mm-hmm. not at all what we expected. You know, boys, in a lot of ways, I almost feel like the biggest surprise is that we shouldn't have been surprised. Yes. Yes. No, no, I totally agree. I was thinking about uh, turnout and also voter enthusiasm. As huge it, it enthusiasm. Was huge. It was really year. a determinant about uh, who was coming to the polls. If they were really excited to go to the polls, then it turns out they went to the polls. Well, yeah, but, you know, I, I think we're we're already looking too far backward. Let's, let's yeah, look it's forward. It's only been two nights ago. Let's, it was let's two look, nights ago. Let's look forward, guys. Okay. And, 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 and whatever happened, I mean, what happened from this election will, of course, have consequences for the next two years uh, and and will have an influence, obviously, on what happens in 2020. And you just cannot discount what is what is going to be happening from these results that really uh, in many ways changed things but in, in many ways kept things the same all right let me let me let me throw this at you uh, did any of your predictions come true and what was your biggest surprise of the night they all <laughs> they all <I> good. <laughs> they all came true oh, they all came they true. all, all yeah. my predictions came true because I did what uh, the, the the smart people do which is tweet out all of my all the possible predictions, yeah. uh-huh. uh, and uh-huh. then deleted and the ones that were wrong. Them. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um, there's right. a pro tip for you guys mm-hmm. uh, for for next mm-hmm. election. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and biggest surprise was mm-hmm. that um, you know that I wasn't surprised more. Oops. JVL, any surprises from the night you want to talk about? Yeah, I was really struck specifically. By, I was struck by the the results we saw with the non-traditional candidates and how they performed relative to the more traditional candidates. Okay. Uh, I'm going to actually get specific here. Yeah, tell In me. the Ted Cruz-Beto O'Rourke race, in some ways surprising. I believe, it, believe it's pronounced Beto. Beto, Beto, Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz. No, it's Irish. It is. It is. Beto it? means Bob. Beto. Beto means Bob. In some ways surprising, but in other ways not. I, I think that's that's right. true. And, and, you know what you know, I mean? Yeah, I, absolutely. And you can say that really about all the races, um, but particularly about about that race in Texas. That's great. Thank you for it. You know, thanks you, so much. You, you don't even need the other podcast. You want to come for a true election analysis? Probing, I think, is the, is the word. Probing. Speaking of probing, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was a little Thank premature. <laughs> so JVL. 
Um, uh, other than that, I don't know why you would oh, say that. Okay, can I, can I just... people? If people are wondering, if people are wondering what the joke is about that, we are going to be talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, and that's why one of the reasons why I wanted uh, Mike Warren here because I thought I can't think of anyone who knows uh, who knows who better knows Freddie Mercury inside and out than Mike Warren. Thank, thanks, thanks, but you know, you know, can I can I just say but before we get yeah, into no, no, before yeah, we yeah. get into Freddie Mercury, yeah, talk about how and, and, talk about into talk, about talk about anything you like to talk yeah. about. It's been a couple of uh, weeks since you've been on the show. Have yeah. you done any mulching this fall? <laughs> well, can I say, oh, let me let me say this. Before, I'm so excited before we get like into the mulch. outdoor outdoor talk, which we will yeah. get into. Oh, um, you know, I think last time I was here, we discussed how I I sort of felt like I was like a. A Ted McGinley type character, you know, who's like brought in to kind of save a, yeah, which is a failing show. Um, but and, and Ted McGinley has a great track record. Yeah, great of track record. To save shows. But the more I think about it, the more I'm sort of like, I, I feel like Paul Wilson on Cheers. Do you guys remember? He, he was the other he was guy. The Very other good. guy yeah. who kind of, you felt like the character, but also the actor was always trying to sort of move closer down the bar what? to Norm. But he, does he ever? He never He's does. He's got his other buddy. But you know what? He got he he got his moment to shine in pop culture as one of the Bobs yes. in Office Space. That's right. And uh, I just want to say thank you for having me. I'm I'd hap- I'd be happy to move on to uh, some other role in in podcast world mm-hmm. where I could have such an impact as as Paul Wilson and as as the Bob in in, in Office Space. So thank you. Great. Thank you. Great. Okay. Thank you, uh, JVL. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, I we should say to people that Sonny is doing great. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. His, I guess I hope who? he is. He's gone. His, He's his gone. wife <laughs> is doing great. They've got a beautiful baby boy. I think mm-hmm. we're allowed to Wonderful. say baby boy, and I hear that they're all doing well. Uh, I think they don't need anything. Also, no, which is that's we kept, what he insisted. We out. kept asking Our them, very what kind do you listeners need? What do you need? in the expanded so, universe. They're good. They're good. Yeah. But you know, I'm getting him uh, a com. I'm getting them a oh, subscription to com. Actually, is my little present for nice. them, which is really a present for Katie. Yeah, which is really a present for Sonny and Beth. Oh, very nice. So, uh, Victoria, how very are nice. you? I'm doing well. You know, my present to the, uh, my present to Sonny is covering for him and all his writers. So I edited. A, oh, I, was he on work work paternity leave? I edited 11 pieces yesterday. That was that was a marathon. Cry me a river. <laughs> For me, yeah. that I almost, call I call that Monday. I knew you would say that. Well, one of my pieces was over twenty five hundred words, and I managed to cut it down to seventeen hundred. Do you ever take Who? that? Who? I'm no names, but do you ever? Do you ever, <laughs> McMorris. Do you ever, no, no names, but you know, Credo. You have that feeling where you you know that feeling where you highlight a whole graph and hit delete, and it's like. <sighs> <laughs> That's a terrible editor. You know, I will, I will, isn't it? I will give people I knew you guys were all thinking that. A little peek behind the curtain. Oh, please. In in how editors work. Claudia Claudia Anderson taught me this trick. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, as you are looking through a piece and there's a sentence or a paragraph that you just it doesn't strike you as right, mm-hmm. but you can't figure out how to fix it, to delete it. Yes. And the the percentage of times in which everything is actually made better simply by t- <laughs> don't spend any more time trying to perfect it. Just make it go away. Mm-hmm. I would say like nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. that fixes things. Yes. And there's also a, a reverse where sometimes you feel fixated that you have to change something and then you can't figure out how to change it and then you just realize just let just leave it there. Like, you know. <laughs> no one's a, reading no this far down into no, this no, piece anyway. I mean, uh, that's, uh, that was an advice from, uh, from Pod and he just said, don't torture yourself. Don't feel like you have to. If it's fine, it's fine. You know. it can't all be home runs, as Fred Martin no, told me. Be, you know, this isn't Balzac. Just file, <laughs> as Fred I remember would say. Fred saying, Hurry you up. know what? Sometimes you got to hit a single. <laughs> and the quality of Dundas. Quality of Dundas. Quality of Dundas. And, and move that nut graph up. Move the nut graph up. Okay. Look, it's a bunt. It's an infield hit. That's it. You still get on base. That's it. That's it. So everyone else is doing fine? Everybody has any yeah. other uh, Yeah, no. Uh, uh, Mike? Over the weekend. Um, How was I, your weekend, I Mike? Took, yeah. I took my oldest son on a... Uh, bike ride around uh, the lake nice. at the park, and um, it uh, it was one of those things where I was like, you know what, this is going to be a challenge for him, mm-hmm. but it's one of these challenges oh, I'd, no. I'd, I'd like to see yeah. him he's still get got through because wheels, right, he's not on two wheels. Uh, it, actually, he uses a balance bike. Oh, the Strider, oh, yeah, the Strider, the Strider balance, balance bike, bike. Um, which turned at least one head. There was one guy who was like jogging behind us on the trail, who was like, "Where are the?" I'm like, it's a balance bike. This like, is somebody without children because everybody gets balance, balance bikes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. um, I still use it. You, you, <laughs> well, you know, that's <laughs> to each his own. Uh, and uh, anyway, so it was like, it, it, it's a long loop trail, right, mm-hmm. around this lake near my house in Fairfax County. And 
Um, it was one of those moments where I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of second guessing myself as we're starting. You know, is he going to mm-hmm. get tired? Is mm-hmm. it, I, I left the snacks at home, and like he's going to ask for these eventually. And um, but there's a point of no return, right? Where you it, the on the loop, point out, right? Yep. Where you you just keep going because yep. otherwise you're doing the same thing by turning around. And we we passed that. And it was not long after that that uh, that the whining started. Forty-five seconds uh, is yeah. my guess. Uh, but you know what? He pushed through. We made it through. It was an accomplishment, and he was asleep like that mm-hmm. Sunday night. Were you like so. the Japanese dad at Vix Five K, <laughs> yelling berating at him? Uh, no comment. Let's. Uh, we have a, a lot to talk about. Let's. Uh, JVL, everything else is cool. Everything's fine. You're under the weather, but you're uh, recovering. I'm fine. I'm okay. fine. Uh, Mike Michael. I just have something we I don't think we ever did get to talk about pine straw versus mulch because I have Sorry. I have been told reliably that people who go to Home Depot or Lowe's which is closing 51 stores in North America <laughs> Co- <laughs> coincidence coincidence <laughs> and buy mulch substandard moves product and, and take kills it away. the product <laughs> Uh, that that is essentially all just who knows what that is. That is organic matter shipped uh, over from China. Oh, what with the mulch? All, yes, with all sorts of bad bacteria mm. and soil contamination, and that you're a crazy person to put that on your your lawn and to use that because oh what you gosh. are when you're doing that, you're essentially condemning whatever shrubbery or tree you are mulching around to eventual death, and that what you should be using is pine straw, which lasts for forever. Uh, is all local. It almost mm. all comes from North Carolina. That's good. And is just better. Breathes better, manages water better, lasts longer. Mike Warren, do you have thoughts on mulch versus pine straw? JVL, you ignorant slut. <laughs> mulch uh, mulch is king. Now, I will give you this. Pine straw works very well in climates, in um uh, in in regions where there are a lot of pine trees, we gotta buy it. I mean, it's expensive. Yes, but no, but but I I, I think aesthetically, but also functionally, um, where we live in the Mid Atlantic, um, there's a lot of water. Um, uh, the sort of swampiness. Um, and that's certainly the way it is at my house. Um, I think mulch, uh, properly placed. Uh, properly properly packed onto the ground um, is a much better way of avoiding um, uh, avoiding the kind of weed growth that uh, that you're trying to stop with mulch. And aesthetically, it looks better because we don't have a lot of pine trees around here. Now, where I grew up in Atlanta, um, it's pine tree central. So uh, pine straw, like my parents still use pine straw rather than mulch. I think it looks fine there, but I don't have any of the it's concerns. Pricey. When you go to Home Depot to buy pine straw, oh yeah, man, very pricey. That's pricey. Do yeah. you know if it's from China or no? No, and I don't care, frankly. Oh, you don't care? No. Let me tell you something. If it's from China, I got one word for you, or two words: night soil. Okay, that's what that is. Okay, you wondering where it goes? It's going there. What color mulch do you do? Do you do the blue, the natural dark brown, brown one, natural, the, natural the red, dark brown. natural dark brown, natural, yep. natural, natural, totally, dark yeah, brown. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Anything that says it's guaranteed to keep its color for three months is certainly natural. <laughs> totally, one hundred percent. It's my kind of natural. It's my kind of natural. <laughs> okay, uh, I was in New York City over the weekend. Really? Yeah, that's right. This was my annual get-together with my buddies, our in-memorial of my friend Steve Rushford. May he rest in peace. We got together, the five of us, and uh, and it was good. But before we got together, I got into the city early, and guess who I had lunch with? Ready for this? I'm ready. Father Roger Landry. Oh, wow. One and only. He was busy. Landry. Father Landry. I'm a busy guy, but you're lucky. There was an opening, he said. And he was he just come back from Italy, uh, from Rome, of course, and uh, and then he had some cancellations, so we met at Walensky's Grill. And you know what? Was your name plate on the wall no. still? <laughs> Do you, I, our name plates? Our name plates. Did, did, were we on the same name plate? No, we didn't share one. Or did we have no, just we like next one. to no. Which one of us was on top? <laughs> Speaking I believe I was the top nameplate. Um, you were the bottom. <laughs> well, that's usually the case. And this is, uh, I should say this is because there was a steakhouse yes, in DC. In, on 19th and Street. Vic and I went to in our single days, yes. uh, three or four times a week. And we got there early enough, enough to get that. our nameplates on. We it. had nameplates, and 
And that's gone now. Table. Oh, it's gone. It's yeah. gone. But you know what I had? I had the roast beef hash, which they, you know, I mean, it's the old side. And it's still, corned it's a beef. really, uh, it oh, beef no, hash? roast beef at, at Oblensky's. Okay. It's fancier. And it was, uh, it's still a good menu. And I was like, oh, I missed that menu. It was really, really good. Anyway, Father Landry is uh, doing well. Good, good. And then, uh, and, then, and then the drinking began later. And I really thought about this carefully, especially now that I'm getting older, about how to progress in terms of, like, consistency, right? We're going to be drinking all night. Right. What are we going to do, right? And it's stay. If you on load up on one, beer early. Yes, you're you gonna, do that you're and transition sluggish. slightly yep. or not. Um, and so, uh, but I thought consistency was important. And then I chronicled here uh, what I had in, in the order of through the night. Hit me with it. Okay, I started with beer, uh, and then I had switched to sangria. Uh, because the pitcher of sangria was, and it tasted really. I like I like the taste of sangria. I'm not going to okay, lie. I'm, okay, we're not judging. Oh, thank a non, you. Thank you. A safe uh, space. But then we went to like a a, a, a pub, and then uh, and then I had doers and soda. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, just a little bit, and then uh, but then got to a restaurant with seafood, and then I just love a I love a good martini. So I had mm. the Plymouth Gin Martini, and then after that I said, okay, I'm ready to transition into this brown spitz. I went Makers on the Rocks. And then a little bit of Irish whiskey. You you you, un, you untransition from brown spirits, I, I, I and then retransition you know, back. I, in. Okay, I did. Okay. Some people yeah. do that. Mm, okay. um, and, and then a Western omelet is what <laughs> at the end of the night. Okay. But uh, how are you alive? I'm, I'm still recovering. I'm still recovering. I haven't been the same. I haven't been the same. I'm still. Uh, uh, let the I did go for a run yesterday. Let the record show there is a trash can sitting <laughs> right next to. I'm actually big. sitting on it. Um, how did you feel in the morning? Yeah. You must have been hung over. Um, yeah, miserable, but not. I was never. The weird thing was, just not really. It's not that one of my friends got completely smashed, but uh, I. But most of us were. were we still had our senses about our about us. It's what would have happened if you had chased it with kombucha. <laughs> I really wish I can go back to uh, the the Twitter response. Uh, about that episode of the Substand where I talked about the kombucha and the quinoa and how they described it as like the leaf blower without the covering on and it's just <laughs> shooting out the back. I don't know who, who whoever the listener is. Please remind me because it was so graphic. I loved it. Uh, but here's one thing, okay, and then we can move on. Um, Please. The next morning, right, I go back to Penn Station. I hate Penn Station. I mean, I, and I know it's the new Penn Station now, it's but it still, still looks, it's still the it's worst, still okay? The worst. So a lot of people are mulling around in the middle, and you right. wait for the thing to come up. Where's the track, right? Where, which is the, cell is going to be on where, and then finally, like, with a minute to go, it'll say, track nine west, oh, I got to get there, boom, you turn, they're there already. You the don't line know the there. secret? I do. Because I'll tell you off air, don't say it on air. Okay, I know it's a pretty secret. open secret. It's uh, a, pretty a lot open. of business, a lot of business guys do business it. Business guys, not you know who taught. I've been doing this for years <sighs> until Steve Hayes showed me the secret oh, door. Oh, yeah, oh, me too. All right, so I went on Twitter and asking. Nobody told me about it. Maybe they know about it and are afraid to chime in. But I will respect that. Steve Eustaris told me this because his he was with his boss and uh, and they did that thing, and it worked. It always works. It always works. This is okay. this is like the Pulaski Highway secret, which David Brooks swore me to secrecy on like twenty years ago. I don't even know that. When we were talking well, because you never travel you never drive up to back and forth from DC no, to no, Jersey. No, that's no. not your core. But there is a Thankfully secret passage between Baltimore and the Delaware Memorial Bridge, mm-hmm. which cuts out whenever oh. there's bad stuff happening on ninety five, <laughs> cuts out all of this. Mm-hmm. And you can get on it from the time of six net the six ninety five Beltway from Baltimore, all literally through, all the way through. through to the bridge. Well, this itself. thing, this thing. And when be, Brooks told me about yeah. it, it was like before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. one year, and he was he was like deadly serious. He goes, mm-hmm. "You can't tell anybody, anybody else because everyone knows about it because you don't want people to know." Well, about I couldn't it. believe this thing with Penn Station, and it. You know what it felt like? It felt like the scene in, in, in Goodfellas where um, Henry Hill takes Karen to the Copa, and they cut all the lines and they go in through the back door. Speaking of which, <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody took the top spot at the box office with $50 million, followed by The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. I'm not seeing that movie. With $20 million, and in third place, Nobody's Fool, with $14 million. In case you're wondering, it is not the re-release of the Paul Newman, Bruce oh. Willis movie. Paul Newman, this Bruce Willis, Melanie Griffith. And Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good, it pretty is. good flick. This is a Tiffany Haddish movie. Oh, I, okay. And it's not a... Sonny does not like her. <laughs> not a fan? Not a fan. I think d- didn't Sonny like remember. have a rant about Tiffany Haddish? I, I, maybe he Haddish. did. I yeah. can't remember. Uh, and it, and it's also not a a, a revert. It's not a reboot of the old. It's, it's just completely it's just unrelated. Just the same time. unrelated. Right, right. Much like Frozen and Frozen. Do you yes, remember? Yes, or Jack Frost and Jack Frost. Uh, there was the good. there was the friendly uh, Michael okay. Keaton uh, family. Oh right, movie. yeah. And then a horror movie, a movie called Jack Frost. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, do you have box office thoughts, uh, gentlemen? Well, I think JVL. I think Bohemian Rhapsody was kind of a surprise. Not to Fox. Right? So Fox has mm. been pushing Bohemian Rhapsody very, very hard for Biotech. months now. Right. They yeah. thought they had a very special movie on their hands, and they turned out to be right. And oh. the critics turned out to be. Mm-hmm. I would say it seems. I am not a certified Rotten Tomatoes critic, so oh, I didn't no. pay attention to what the scores were. The, three but I think the general the sense studio. on film Twitter was that people did not like it all that much, but $50 million, that's a lot. Look, I, I was, more than a star? I, 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 I was yep. there, and it, it, the, the theater was crowded, and people, there were like a lot of well-wishers, you know? So people were, like a lot of people wanted this. You felt like they wanted to get into it, and they seemed to enjoy it. So you, when did you see it? You saw it over the weekend? I saw it Sunday night. Did you see it at Alamo? Or? Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, almost the best. Uh, and and what about? Yeah, I saw it Monday morning at oh. the Angelica. Okay. In Mosaic. Okay. And, and, and Fairfax at Angelica, County. right? Yes. And uh, and I saw it uh, uh, last night as well. It was relatively empty. I would say on Monday morning. Did anyone else see it? I, I told you that if if Gene doesn't show up for this show, <laughs> I am taking off my headphones and walking out. This. And and Fifty Shades Freer are the only things that I've ever truly in my heart of hearts needed Gene for. for. Who is... What? Wait a second. Hi, Gene. Gene! Bohemian Rhapsody is a fairy tale story about the rock bad queen and Freddie Mercury who explodes onto the scene. It culminates with Freddie, played by Rami Malek, taking the stage during Live Aid. Now that was a money shot. <laughs> Freddie lived a lavish life. He wore lavish costumes. How did he keep it all in the closet? And he was a perfectionist. The scene of Freddie and the guys recording the song Bohemian Rhapsody. Take after take after take. I didn't realize he was so <laughs> about recording. Gonna have to bleep that. Sadly, Freddie was taken from us too soon, but honestly, who wants to live forever? I give Bohemian Rhapsody four stars. It will rock you. Thank Excellent. you, Gene. Excellent. No, really, you are going to have to well, bleep that. I, think. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> we have to bleep that. It crossed the line. That. It crossed the line. I was inappropriate. How dare he? Uh, Thanks, okay. Gene. Now, normally, uh, uh, Sonny would give the uh, big boy review, uh, but his understudy... Of big boy reviewers is here, uh, JVL. Um, some thoughts. Bohemian Rhapsody is the story of '70s rock band Queen and their frontman Freddie Mercury. Directed by Brian Singer, Bohemian Rhapsody is a period piece which explores the British progressive rock scene of the 1970s and chronicles Queen's rise to fame with songs such as "We Will Rock You," "Another One Bites the Dust," "We Are the Champions," "Having a Good Time," and Bohemian Rhapsody. The problem is Sonny doesn't have any. Ticks. I'm dying to do a sunny, sunny. Anyway, the movie focuses equally on Queen's musical progress and on Mercury's sexual and moral progress as he explores homosexuality and the drug culture. It's bookended by the band's 1985 performance at Live Aid in Wembley Stadium, which is generally regarded as one of the great examples of the boomer generation's moral impulse for preening, which is saying something. If you really like Queen or coming out stories or Leather Daddies or generic two-chord arena rock, you will love Bohemian Rhapsody. JVL, the delivery, it was so smooth and it was so calm. Where did you get that from? Ah, from our friends at calm.com. So my voice is so jacked up. It's fantastic. That I can't do the actual L in calm.com. No, it's a great uh, This is. I've been, I've been talking about com.com now for weeks it seems and it's the best i'm giving it to sunny to help his daughter go to sleep uh while i was sick last week i was using com.com not only for my children but for myself and when my my other daughter came to tuck me (laughs) tuck me in one night as i collapsed into bed at five o'clock she brings her little ipod in and she sets it up at you know the my my, at, at my pillow in my head and she puts on this is Clark Peters <laughs> and I, I don't even think it struck you me you could actually, actually do the voice now as I voice. was falling asleep to Clark Peters' sleep story the butterfly sanctuary I realized that not only have I never made it to the end mm-hmm. of the butterfly sanctuary mm-hmm. I don't even know what the middle of this thing is about my like what is the butterfly sanctuary mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. I don't know 
there's a butterfly flying around. There's a kid whose name I think is Jamal. And after that, it's just sleep time for me. Uh, it's great. So Calm, it's, it's an app. You have it on your phone or your iPod. And they have an ever-expanding list of sleep stories read by people with these trance-like hypnotic voices. And they're amazing. I, I put my girls to bed with it literally every single night. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough. If you have kids and your kids uh, sometimes have trouble getting off to sleep, which is, I think, almost everybody ever, right? Yes. Um, it's it, it's a st- better than Benadryl is, again, their corporate money. If I could eventually get hired by Calm.com, which is my dream gig, uh, I would change their mission statement and their corporate motto to better than Benadryl. There's a little copyright in the corner. <laughs> Uh, it's great, and there are people who use it for like meditations and little guided breathing tours. They even have special nap ones. Uh, there's there's a really neat little uh, siesta nap story read by my my actual favorite reader Tamara Levitt, and it's like a little th- so it's a thirty minute thing, and she talks at you for about four minutes at the start, which you know again just try to stay awake. You can't do it because she's like a hypnotist putting you to sleep, and then it transitions into. Uh, just like gentle wave sounds, white noise essentially, for 30 minutes. And at the end of it, it gradually rising uh, volume of birds chirping to wake you up. Oh my God. And so it's like a perfect, like little mini REM cycle to if you just, you know, like you really want to zonk out because you were, say, up late with a sick child. Yes. Victorino. Yes. yes. Uh, you just it's terrible. conk right out. Uh, and it's. It's great. So calm.com, uh, they will give you right now a 25% off of a premium subscription, uh, which is a very good deal, but it's worth it even if you didn't get the discount. Um, uh, as I say this every every week, and it's true. We would still be paying. We pay full freight for it, and we will. St- we would still do that even if it was twice the price. Uh, this is like essential parenting gear for us. Uh, so you can get the discount by going to calm.com, that's C-A-L-M dot com slash substandard. Uh, it gives you unlimited access to all of their content. Uh, calm.com slash substandard, 25% off of your subscription. That's calm.com slash substandard. Thank you, JVL. You know, last time you gave that ad reading, you talked about that butterfly story. I looked for it as a uh, as a story to read to my kids, but we ended up getting the audiobook for the butterfly effect. <laughs> Something different. <laughs> and then they said, if you like that, you like the Mothman Chronicles. So we listened to that. They're not sleeping well. But anyway. Great. Uh, I don't think parent, those are on. I don't think those are on call. Parent of the year. Uh, uh, so uh, lots of questions here. Um, before I, I want, and I, I'm curious what you all think about this. But, but first of all, as I it was hinted at earlier uh attendance what was the theaters like when you went to see it was it crowded what i mean again i, I went on a monday morning yeah, okay, um so it was so it was more it was actually ended up being more crowded there were probably about uh 15 people yeah. uh, on a the first showing on yeah, a monday morning pretty good mm-hmm. i would say and um uh you're right jvl about sort of the boomer i mean it was all boomers uh, all the all old me. people yeah um so yes. uh it, it definitely i think is i actually had a neighbor uh, who on Friday went uh, a boomer neighbor uh, who went with her um, with her two nieces for like a, a girls night out at the movies and they went and saw a star is born they went and had dinner and then they went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody oh so um, <laughs> not exactly re- my idea of a Friday was it like a reboot of the jazz yeah I know okay. but um, so so there's yeah, I mean you could the kind jazz. of <laughs> the, the Neil Diamond one not the, the Al, Al-, 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 Al- Jolson Al- 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 no 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 goodness wow no, no. Uh, anyway so you can kind of see where the where the appeal is here and, and maybe why uh, why the, the, the great box office uh, weekend the opening box office weekend for so, they don't want to see superhero movies this is what they right. want to see totally and, and in a way it's kind of it, it's a superhero movie for that type i mean everybody it's a it's a pre isn't freddie mercury really just a boomer superhero that's all kind of I, is, right i mean but it's a, 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 a pre-known uh, uh, product right a, mm-hmm. a pre-known brand everybody mm-hmm. knows queen everybody mm-hmm. knows who freddie mercury mm-hmm. is um and so that's you don't have to i mean the way star is born is a little more um, okay, you have to remember the Barbara Streisand movie and sort of it. It's not. It, it, this is a what's what's the term of art? The sort of uh, pre-known property, right? Mm-hmm. The um, uh, and pre-aware, and pre-awareness. That's what it is. Um, uh, and so I I can see why it did well. And if you look at even the positive reviews, uh, critics didn't like the movie. Even the positive reviews, 
those critics also did not like the movie. Um, uh, I think uh, uh, several of them said, you know, look, it's not a good movie. It's not a well-made movie. But they say, even so, it's entertaining. It, it grabs you in. You'll love the songs. That last 20 minutes, uh, the Live Aid, where they recreate, spoiler alert, they recreate um, uh, the Queen's performance at Live Aid, which that people say is the best. That was recreated? You know, if it was Chris Nolan, he just packed the stadium. That's funny. I I found myself, I was really surprised because I did not realize, everybody knows that the Live Aid bands were each given 20-minute sets, and I did not realize that actually Queen's set was allowed to be 97 minutes, and I thought it was a bold choice for Brian Singer to put all 97 minutes of that interminable set on screen. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But, you know, if, Harsh. You, if you like the music... I think throughout the movie, you're thinking to yourself, well, they haven't played this song yet yes. or that song yet. When are they going to play these songs? Okay, we get to the other ones. Ah, now we can watch it, and it turns into a uh, a rock concert, a rock event, or well, whatever you so, want to call so, it. So I have I have some thoughts. I've thought a lot about this. That was fan service, but Queen fan service. Right. No, but I, I, I think- Do I have that... to bleep that? <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> the, uh, I'm trying to make a serious point no, here. Please. Uh, no, I, I, I think- that every good review sort of centers on, positive review centers on that end performance, right? Um, and so there's a bit of a nostalgia factor, right? Everybody who remembers from 1985 when Queen was sort of, was, people talk, say it's it was the best live rock performance ever, that, that particular mm-hmm. performance. There um, were two, but at um, Wembley. At Wembley, yeah. yeah. The Queen's at, at Live Aid. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I've thought about what is the purpose of this movie? It, it's it, it it tells a story that's actually kind of boring, right? I mean, Queen's rise is totally without obstacle. Essentially, once they figure out yeah, who, no, once they got once they figure Queen, out who they are yeah, and like what they can do, they just keep making hits. And I guess the obstacle of the the record uh, uh, producer, uh, the record company executive, who doesn't want to put out Bohemian Rhapsody, they just go ahead and do it anyway. Um, the whole story is one. That's not really well, what that's that. That's not with... what the story's about. I mean, the movie is not a, the movie is a coming out story. Mm-hmm. This is I, I I feel reasonably sure that Brian Singer has made a deeply personal coming out story that just happens to center around Freddie Mercury. Why? Because would, that why, is the why, only dramatic what, tension. What, what does that, that have right. to do with Brian Singer? <sighs> anyway, how much time do we have? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. No, but I, I I think I, okay. That's fair. So the the only conflict that, that there there is in the movie is this question of. Of Freddie Mercury and his internal struggle, which, by the way, and a lot of people have pointed this out, there are so many factual inaccuracies with the timeline of the oh. movie, when songs come out, when mm-hmm. things happen. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the I, I don't think I'm spoiling anything to say that um, when Freddie Mercury tells the band, when he finds out he has AIDS, and when he tells the band that he has AIDS, all of that in the movie happens before Live, live Aid. Like right and, before we're going on. Right. In reality, he was not diagnosed with AIDS until two years later. Right. He doesn't tell the band until right. after that. So this is all after live AIDS. But it has it's, it's all about the timeline because he says how much you know and he makes that line about know. right. Yeah. I, if, if what if I don't have I'm much time? Fine. So so they've they've changed the timeline of this true story for dramatic tension. Which, right. Well, because that's the arc. I mean, that is the resolution right. to his arc. So I, what I would say, what I would argue is that um, the real story here is not that interesting. The the, the narrative of a very successful band that's backed by essentially it's it's three above average intelligence guys and one very um, uh, talented uh, sort of uh, uh, flamboyant presence that separates them from every other you know good band um, with with a good commercial sense too um, that that's okay so that's not a very interesting story what people really want I think are the songs are the performances yeah. so this whole idea of like putting it into a biopic, I think, is. I mean, uh, uh, clearly the, the the box office number box office numbers prove me wrong on this, but I think it would be a lot better, a lot better use of studios' time to sort of go one of two ways: to either um, uh, create a a a, a a nostalgia fueled, um, almost a, a review of mm-hmm. the bands uh, or the singers. Mamma Mia of Queen. Yeah, no, exactly. Oh, uh, yes. Essentially, oh, a review of the songs, but all, and, and almost like a matter of time. Highly, highly, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, stylized music video types. Where essentially you're just moving from hit song to hit song, maybe have a thread of narrative in there, but one that doesn't actually cue to mm-hmm. being a biopic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or just essentially recreate a concert um, with lookalike actors uh, so that it looks, you know, so that it looks more cinematic in 2018 in the 21st century sort of look. Um, that's essentially what people want. I, I mean, that's the best part of this movie I, is are the performances. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was, uh, I thought that, uh, to echo JVL's uh, comment, uh, that that was essential to the story about Freddie Mercury's own personal story. I mean, it's about that, you know. Yeah, no, and, it's the Freddie Mercury okay, story. So go ahead, it's JVL. Not the, you're, you're, well, you're, did you like it? I mean, I, I, I did not like this yeah, movie I, by a lot. I, I liked it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, well, you know, I mean, I'm easy to please. <laughs> anyway, uh, and yeah, I like I like I like the music. It was fine. And uh, okay, good. We reached the ending. I did think at the end during Live Aid, I go okay. Uh, I think the best thing they could do is do a medley where they go from one half song to another half song to a half song. And I felt like there was one extra song too many. And it was they probably actually, the one actually... before We Are the Champions, I think. Uh, 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 what's it called? Hammer Hammer Will Fall yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, it's one of their 80s songs. Mm-hmm. Um they you know, they actually fine. cut they cut out a song from the mm-hmm. actual set. Oh. Um, so they was... only played for 84 minutes? <laughs> 21 minutes. Yeah. Um, uh, a crazy little thing called love. That, that was also in their live aid. Is that not in the? It's wait, in the. It's in the it's movie. In the movie. But though. they cut it out okay. of the performance. Yeah. In... yeah. They put it in one of the club performances. I think. They also yes, do. Yes, a, yes, so the very they big, also did yeah, a cheap. Part. They also did a sort of a cheap montage to show their rise. Where they did. You know. You know the part I'm talking yeah. about. The different cities. Yeah. And it was really kind of just coming. We out. love you, Atlanta. <laughs> right. We love you, Denver. <laughs> and the rocks like Springfield <laughs> rocks. <laughs> well, can, can I say? I mean, this is this is. We thought they knew how. Rockin' Shelbyville. <laughs> but it's annoying me too because so they, they have this their first American tour and they're playing Fat Bottom Girls, uh, which in the movie comes before they even come up with Bohemian Rhapsody. But Fat Bottom Girls was on two albums after Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Now I know this is like you know, like my like music nerds would be like, right. Oh, this isn't right, but it sort of it 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 makes you wonder what's the point of making this a sort, biopic of if a it's biopic be if it's if it's not if it's not the true story and it yeah. doesn't tell what's yeah, because what's it's real. a romp. Yeah. But can yeah, I say I mean, no, no, no? It's, can not, I say it's the, not a real biopic. No, but the best part. <laughs> oh, Victorino. But you, oh yeah. Can Go I say ahead. the best Please, part? Mike. The best part besides the casting. The casting was very, very well. I, I thought the casting was good. The guy who plays Brian May. Oh, I thought it was Brian like, May, exactly. and I kept on thinking maybe they did like that thing in Marvel. I think he's where Tim. They... I think he's Tim from Jurassic. No, Park. no, that's that's not. That's Joseph Zello. That's Joseph who plays the Deacon. Yeah, that's right. But but Gwillem Lee is his Gwillem Lee is the. But I I had to look that up today because I thought maybe they did one of those things like in Marvel where they made Robert Downey Jr. or Sam. Jackson looked young. Look and younger. They did this to Brian May because it looks looks like so Brian May. It looks so much. And maybe it's the hair. You know, and it, just... you know, the hair does everything, but it totally worked. It was weird seeing two actors who I always think of as sinister villains, Aiden Gillen yes. and Tom Hollander. Yes. Not Tom Holland, but Tom Hollander, but actually being nice guys. Very strange. Well, Tom Hollander is terrific in uh, in in the uh, uh, in the what's it's not in the loop was the movie, but the uh, the, the, the 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 British. Uh, TV show where he is um, no he is in, he's in the loop mm-hmm. uh, the, the um, Armando Anucci uh, he's great in the every night manager. single thing he's in he's he in the was night in the night manager very sinister he's uh, great in everything great in everything he played King George in, 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 so, and of course in Pirates of the Caribbean well so Caribbean. my my, <laughs> my my favorite parts of the movie though, yes. were actually with the band themselves and I thought this was actually interesting the creative process the way in which they showed that this is actually everybody has this idea that Queen is a is Freddie Mercury and his backing band, but of course the truth mm-hmm. is is that I mean all the songs that we know half of them are written mm-hmm. by not Freddie Mercury or more. No, and they point that out. That's right. That's they do good. a very good job of showing why this band would be They're so talented. so would work so well together mm-hmm. that they right. actually fed off of is each it, other. In terms of the complaints, though, I mean, isn't that the same as Amadeus? Right, people love Amadeus, and it couldn't be more wrong. Right, right, right about so. Salieri and this whole fabricate thing, which of course was also on Broadway. So there you go; it's going to happen. Yeah, I can I what a jukebox musical, a Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. So musical. I, I, I didn't like had, this. Okay, and I mean, we could talk about Please. why I didn't like sure. it if we want to, but I think that's ultimately maybe kind of boring. Uh, there, there are moments of directorial choices in there which are unfathomable to me. Uh, for instance, during the press conference, where all of a sudden it is directed as if it is a TV movie oh. with like hazy zoom ins and yes. shaky cam, like all, and this is all Brian of a Singer doing you were taken out of it being know. an actual like reasonably high high level production Two. where the shots are. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever you think of it, uh, and the weird breaking of the fourth wall for the with the reviews with my- of Bohemian Rhapsody. 
Ah. Uh, so when they eventually fight through mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody being released, they then flash on the screen yes. like 25 yeah. a lot. snippets Not just of a couple, but critics a lot. panning it yeah. and then show, but it became a monster hit. And, charted. and that's a weird thing to do once in a movie. Like It's the type of thing where actually if you break the fourth wall the way they did in uh, the, big short. the Big Short, right, or something like that, uh, it, Consistently, you're like, okay, I understand what's happening here. To do right. it once in the middle is just a weird. Yes. Again, it's just an odd choice. I don't understand it. Well, and I, I felt the same way about the Mike Myers cameo. Uh, uh, who is well, a composite? Well, I didn't mind the Mike Myers cameo oh, until I, the until, until, yeah, the, until the self-satisfied the, the live the, aid. Ref- no, the the, the the talking about you know this is something that only teenage boys in cars will rock right. out. No, to. no, he said, no, he said nobody w- nobody mm-hmm. will ever mm-hmm. bang their head in a car. Yeah, to this. That, and then uh, it's I like the the the, the camera angle is directly it's like it's like t- directly facing him and it's like he might as well have winked at, yeah. the, at the camera it was it was <laughs> so bad and and, and, and he's the a compo- and he's a composite he right he's not, not a, he's not a real mind. person but i guy. i would say this my my interesting observation as i texted yes, you yes you did i went, let's get into is that is that if brian singer wasn't gay this movie would be a hate crime because this is the most stereotypically negative portrayal of a gay people writ large as I have ever seen. Yes. Uh, there is a single well-adjusted gay character, which is Jim Hutton, who eventually becomes his partner. Right. Every other gay character is uh, either total social misfit or narcissist or is evil and grasping or is just this airheaded disposable plaything. All of the straight characters are well adjusted and forgiving. Even his, yeah. his, so even the Mercury's parents, who are these Pakistani yeah, uh, Zoroastrians, uh, uh, right? Zoroastrians, uh, Indian. Yeah. Indian Indian Zoroastrians, yeah. who, who the, the father that was fascinating. Yes, again, the choice of the father, who is portrayed as you know, sort of hectoring Mercury and the audience. It's in a way, again, I think is very subversive. Although it's not clear to me whether it is intended subversively. He begins by hectoring Mercury about how he's not making anything of himself. And that he's not, you know, what does he say? Something like, you know, you see something, you believe no, in good, something, good, you do things. It's like right? good words, good deeds, uh, good thoughts or something Right, like and so the audience is being hit over the head with this like four different times. And you're supposed to think, oh, well, the, you know, this dad just doesn't get it and doesn't approve of his lifestyle. And then at the end, when it turns out that he's told that his kid is doing live aid, that is when the dad says to him, yes, good deeds, good thoughts, right, good right. words. You know, and and the parents are thrilled to have Freddie's gay boyfriend, Jim Hutton. All the bandmates, when he says, I'm gay, are like, okay. like what? <laughs> Everybody else in Mary is this well-adjusted, normal person right. living they're not, a normal they're not, life. They're not party animals. They're like, okay, it I got to go. Well, even the, the, yeah, even the, party, even the party animal uh, uh, guy, Ro- uh, Roger Taylor, uh, the drummer, remember at the very oh, yeah, beginning, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, a party animal. Real, which, yeah. can I just say, his casting, he's he's about 10 or 12 years younger than everybody else in the band, mm-hmm. and it shows, and mm-hmm. it's like, took me out of it a, a little bit. But he ends up married with kids, and is yeah. sort of like moving they, on yeah. in a way that, it's, it's very real. They're all emotionally well-adjusted. They have lives and interests and things. It, it is weird. And even to the point, again, the stereotyping about the, the gay lifestyle... When when does Freddie first consciously start making his turn towards towards homosexuality? It's when he's on a payphone oh, at a truck stop. The trucker, literally a truck do stop. Know, do you know who plays that? And it, who who plays that trucker? It's a cameo. Is that Diedrich? No, it's a cameo by uh, Adam Lambert, who is the uh, oh, that's Adam oh, Lambert, wow. who is now singer. singing with yeah, Queen. Yeah. As so as, he comes out, and he's Mer- got a beard and a flannel. Mike Warren for sort of, the win. Absolutely. He, you Thank know, you gives Freddie a good long look before he heads into the restroom for you know who knows what. Well, what's wrong that's with what that? At, and like, then it closes. And it says men, <laughs> men, 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 and then when he starts clubbing, it's like the guys with the leather gimp mask and the leather daddy. I just thought to myself at some point, if a straight, if a straight person had portrayed the gay lifestyle with this much disdain as this abnormal, crazy thing that is unhealthy, there would have been hell to pay. Okay, uh, actually, here are my two thoughts. One is a thought, and the other one is just a question I want to throw at you. Uh, the first one is, uh, I. I the thought that comes to my mind when I see the the, the trucker going into the Adam Lambert going in the men's room, 
I couldn't think of a dirtier room to walk into. Even if I had to go to the bathroom, I wouldn't go into that room. And always, I was always, I thought it was so bizarre that that is like the, with Jim McGreevy and all these other people. You know, that go Larry into these, Craig. Larry Craig, you go into the bathroom. Always in the bathroom. I, I hold my breath. You know what I mean? I don't. I, <laughs> where am I stepping on? This, it's so gross. This says more about, about your own proclivity. Like I'm not doing it there. Even if I had that proclivity, I'm not doing it there. I'm like, okay, do you have like a nice room at the Ritz? You know? Okay. So that's my first thought. Okay, if it's clean, oh Ritz. Well, anything's possible with me if it's like at the Ritz Carlton, the St. Regis. Oh, well, it is the same region. <laughs> um, okay, that's the first thing. Secondly, um, is it portrayed this way, JVL, since you're making this argument, is it portrayed this way in order to demonstrate what uh, the gay community had to suffer through when it was suppressed before everybody was more out in the open and understanding and normalized so they can be like, you know, live just normal day, everyday lives where everyone's out. And then so, you know, you're not keeping it a secret. And when you're keeping it a secret, you then you have all these secret communities and these kind of parties and things like that. So, there, I mean, this is an excellent question. And this points to a real divide in thinking in sort of, you know, gay studies, LGBT studies, et cetera. Uh, Andrew Sullivan wrote a book, Virtually Normal, in like 1995 oh, maybe yeah, or something yeah, like that, sure. in which he, he basically posited that, the you know, the crazy 70s gay lifestyle was an unhealthy thing. What we all should be doing is trying to move towards nuclear families yes. and settle down. Uh, and there was a lot of pushback against that from the the gay people who said no, like the we gay like lifestyle this. is a thing, oh, like it is a it is a yeah. cultural thing, and you're not going to take mm-hmm. this away from us. Mm-hmm. And there has been a lot of conflict over this, which mm-hmm. culminated in the you know enactment of gay marriage. Mm-hmm. And ju- just as a because we don't do politics as a sociological matter, the jury is still out on whether gay subcultures are embracing that heteronormative version of the world mm-hmm. or whether they are rejecting it and nobody knows yeah nobody knows yeah i had a, i had a i had a friend a, a gay friend who years before any of the gay marriage stuff mm-hmm. when it was sort of first being talked about around 2004 um his his perspective was um why would why would me and my people like to be involved in the two most effed up institutions in america marriage and and the military i mean that was like sort of his perspective yeah. which i think mm-hmm. is is has been discounted or maybe mm-hmm. minds have changed i don't know over the years I, I i thought the i mean it was interesting because the movie's theme or or the the message or the argument of the movie uh, bohemian rhapsody is uh is about family right it's sort of about belonging to a group of people and um and, and it, it was almost as if that was that was what that was what Brian Singer or or the the writers or whatever were trying to send home that by by sort of going on this um, on the sort of uh, gay odyssey that he that Freddie Mercury does in the middle and he 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 loses everything that sort of gives him belonging that he actually didn't need he turns his back on his family for it that's right mm-hmm. yeah. that's right his, his his real family and his, his band and family his band family and and it, I mean. It, uh, the more I thought about it, JVL, your 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 contention that this is a very sort of almost conservative, small c conservative movie, um, it just it just comes through. I don't know. I think it's inadvertent. Um, maybe not. I don't know enough about Singer, honestly, in his views, mm-hmm. other than the fact that maybe he's not the perfect ambassador for this. Yeah, maybe. Not. Um, but but it is. Uh, I can't believe it's accidental that we wound up with this. <laughs> Frankly, I think it's part of, probably bound up with the movie's popular success. Is that it is not a challenging movie? Yes. in its view. No, no, of no. In fact, they actively. I, I was reading some interviews. They actively uh, downplayed. I mean, there were some complaints, sort of like, why isn't there? Uh, uh, why haven't they depicted more of Freddie Mercury's sort of um, uh, romantic uh, liaisons? You know, that's sort of like. Uh, if you want that, if you want that, go yeah, see, yeah, yeah, go see behind the candelabra. Yeah, exactly. I saw that one oh, with, with Liberace and uh, played by Michael Douglas. It's a, it's a dark but absolutely fantastic film on HBO. It's so dark. Well, you're not, gonna, but it's fascinating. You're not going to get that on, from Bohemian Rhapsody. And no. there was a conscious decision to, uh, and, and the complaint was the only uh, sort of romantic uh, uh, sort of encounters that you see, intimate encounters, are with Freddie Mercury and Mary, the the, the woman that he was mm. engaged to, uh, and. This was a conscious decision by the filmmakers. They say to make it more accessible and to yeah. make it to oh, have, so because it's PG, right? It's PG thirteen. PG thirteen, yeah, right. But yeah. The, the idea was you want to get a lot of people in there, mm-hmm. and and it's it's interesting, like how even in twenty eighteen, there's a sense that you there's certain lines you can't cross if you want to have broad appeal. Well, but on the other hand, like I I do wonder if 
if Singer intends this as a statement in, again, that, that central conflict about gay subculture, mm-hmm. whether he intends it as a, uh, as a broadside against it. Does he intend to say that that lifestyle is actually that this does not lead to happiness? The people who do this are not well adjusted. What we should all be you know, striving for some version of heteronormativity, yes. uh, which is fascinating. Do we do we have thoughts about Queen qua Queen though? Because this is what I wonder. I I am anti Queen. Uh, overall, the music. I mean, oh, anti right. anti Queen. The music. I look at I, it as like sort of music. like st- really. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine with me. I think so. Uh, I, I'll, hey, I, I'll go along with it. That's how I am. Uh, if you know what I mean. Uh, no, I think, uh, I think Mike Queen is an interesting um, because of the broad appeal. I mean, I think it was some detail. It's the again, it's, it's accessible arena ex- rock. Qu- but right. Queen was the two chords, not even one chord. The best-selling band of the 1980s, I believe, in terms of uh, of records. I mean, I think we sort their of their greatest hits was a huge greatest seller. hits was a huge seller, and you go through that list. Now, I will say. You go into the deeper cuts in the album, and there's some there's some garbage. And I think mm-hmm. most of their '80s output is garbage as well. I mean, mm-hmm. when they, I mean, it's interesting where the sure. movie goes on this question, where they basically say the dance stuff is crap. Mm-hmm. And I agree with them. I mean, body language. You know mm-hmm. that song, body language. Do not listen to body. It is the but another one bites the dust was considered their disco. That's right, the, yeah. and I'm it's not, very not much, my favorite. It's uh, I like it, and it's I believe I, that's their best-selling single yes, of all time in the United States. <laughs> in the United States, it did, that en- song it did enormously well. I mean, is I, nothing. I, well, do you know I, why? I mean, John Deacon wrote this because he's hanging out with uh, with uh, the the Chic, the band, the funk band. He's hanging out, doing a lot of um, uh, sort of sharing with uh, with the New York funk scene, and yeah. so this is where that comes out of. So I will say this in, in defense of Queen is we would listen to it. You go roll on the roller rink. Yeah. Oh, that's right. right. For roller that. party. Roller, roller, roller uh, yeah. Skates. Yeah, skate yeah, parties. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, they, they sort of had a they had a confidence that they could take uh, really any genre of music mm-hmm. that interested them mm-hmm. and do something. Well, that's the thing. Like this is it. this is this is like Rolling Stones uh, foray into disco is Miss You. Right. Right. Did you like Miss You better than? Uh, Better than uh, another one bites the dust. Yes. yes, I do like Miss You okay. better than. I mean, mm-hmm. that album. Uh, some funny girls, your, funny your lyrics, and some girls is an amazing. Some girls album. is a terrific album. Yeah. So I think it's, it, but okay. it's boosted by that. But I, I mean, it's an interesting mm-hmm. concept for a band. I, I think that at that point in the seventies, I mean, you had all these prog rock bands, you had all these, and like the the way that these bands stick out, mm-hmm. the ones that we remember now, mm-hmm. they all have some weird quirk about them. And Queens was like this weird idea that uh, Freddie Mercury's like. Uh, totally enamored with this British music hall uh, tradition, which is a uh, something that we—it's sort of like right. a cabaret burlesque, mm-hmm. but it—it mm-hmm. it, it went in a more mainstream direction in the mm-hmm. UK. I mean, mm-hmm. Paul McCartney's dad was a, uh, was, a was, was a music hall yeah, yeah, uh, musician, yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of that in Paul mm-hmm. McCartney's music. Yeah. Um, this is an aspect of Freddie Mercury, and then you m- meld that with this mm-hmm. kind of um, epic. Uh, prog rock that transitions into okay. uh, in, into stadium rock. It's interesting. Now, really quickly, uh, before we run out of time, you uh, have a uh, a Queen ranking. Uh, oh yeah, what are you? Are Mike you, Warren. What is it? Top five? Top ten. Top, top, top ten. All right, from least to go, best. go yeah, from, from ten to one for from me, ten please. to one. Yeah, so from ten to one, the the, the Queen song ranking for me. Uh, number ten, Fat Bottom Girls. Number nine, Killer Queen. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Now I'm Here. Number seven. Seven Seas of Rye. That was not intentional, but uh, Seven Seas of Rye. The the version on Queen Two, which has lyrics, not the version on Queen One, which is uh, instrumental. Number six, You're My Best Friend. Number five, Bicycle Race, which was not in the movie. I was very upset about that. Number four, Bohemian Rhapsody. For all the the the, the you know it, the overplayedness Come against. On. It's a terrific. No, but it song. is. And it, yeah, it is it's just not been overplayed. A it is it's, sh- it's, it's just been. Oh, it's not. Sh- it's 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 ter- it, it, everything else that is like it is just a pale imitation of like what is actually a a. Whenever whenever my children uh, put that song, song on. I have to fight the urge to reach over and so your kids like, like it. Not hit so your kids yes, like it. Yes, okay. children like it. <laughs> yes, children think it's fantastic. Hey, take them to the movie. Okay, Mike. Continue. That was number four. Okay, so number three, gonna get some guff for this. We will rock you. Now, that is so overplayed. Yeah. Everybody, you know, every every sports arena plays. We well, will there's rock one you. chord in that. Uh, uh, no, there's multiple chords in that. Um, uh, but the uh, the guitar solo is actually. 
terrific, and that's the best part of the of the song. And so when that guitar solo as a guitar kicks player, in, you can you, you yeah. Can. I I just think that's he, he's it never been done before the kind of solo guitar without mm-hmm. any backing. Number two, don't stop me now. Mm-hmm. Um, not the least of which because it has a great cameo in Shaun of the Dead. Um, uh, the the uh, terrific movie. That's right. Uh, and then number one. Absolute best Queen song of all time. Somebody to love. Um, it is Queen doing Aretha Franklin. It's it, it is it is the best. Uh, I would add to that uh, the theme from Flash Gordon. Ah, Flash. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Do you mean yes, JVL? What do you mean this? Yes, I do. I would say this. Yeah. That is so bad that it makes Bat Dance <laughs> look like... No, I love that song. ...look that. like Amadeus. Dun, 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 dun. It's, and don't forget the, 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 the clicking of the time. The, tube, tube, the, the clock is ticking on Ajax 1 as it crashes into Ming's wedding. When I saw that movie a thousand times because we got it on VHS, I said, this is better than Star Wars. <laughs> because we had it on VHS. Timothy Hutton is in that movie. No, no, Timothy Dalton. Oh, Dalton. Dalton. Sorry, yes. Dalton. Prince yes. uh, the, from the, the forest. Yes. That, <laughs> that That's my number Blessin. one. Brian Blessin. That is my number one Queen song. Okay. Flash. <laughs> <laughs> what about Under Pressure? Garbage. That was just him alone. Under Pressure. No, no. no I mean, no. was that, that was him? Queen, that was Queen and that David was Bowie. Queen with David Bowie. Not just Freddie Mercury. That was Queen with David Bowie. David Bowie. Uh, that is maybe... My least favorite song really? of all time, not no, just Queen song. Nice I song. hate that's a nice Under song. Pressure. Are you serious? I hate Under Pressure. Is it, it because is it's overplayed terrible. for you? I, I like no, the song. No, it is it is awful. It is a Vic, terrible name song. song you don't like. Do you prefer Vanilla Ice version? Do you prefer Vanilla <laughs> no, see, Ice version? His version goes, See, there's that extra dun. All right. got to take that to the Supreme Court. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, the volume here. Uh, name a song I don't like. Yeah. I'll get back to you next episode. Okay. Um, do we need to move on? I think we do. Yeah, we can uh, move on. Yeah. Okay, you sure? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's All right. Fine. Oh, no. Oh, wait. One hold quick, on. Quick. Uh, I, was I going want to Brian Singer it. films oh, ranked. Gosh. Okay, go ahead. Would yeah. you? Would you? Uh, uh, pass. Uh, Mike Warren. I'll give you my bottom three. Okay. That, so to speak. Go ahead. From so with one being the worst, so three building up to the worst. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody number three, X Men Apocalypse number two, number one, Superman Returns. There you go. That's it is very very weird to have a director. Now he's his oeuvre is only eleven movies long. He does not do eleven movies in twenty five years or something. Right. Uh, To have not just one horribly bad movie, but three horribly bad movies. But then his highs, like the yeah. usual suspect, is really good. Valkyrie, Valkyrie is really Valkyrie good. Valkyrie is really good. It's, it's and and accurate, very uneven. And accurate in comparison to uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on that? I, I, no? I just, I just, Usual Suspects was my number one as the best Brian That's Singer. I haven't seen Valkyrie, so I, I can't rank it, but I'd probably rank it number two. Uh, and then X2, mm-hmm. X-Men Days of Future Past, and X-Men. Do you think Rami Malek gets a nomination for this Probably. 100% yes. Yeah. That's okay. why I picked it. Yes, you did. Uh, I thought his uh, performance was breathless and he seemed always exhausted, particularly when he was doing the solo album and then he's like passed out on the couch. And I thought, if only this guy had a bed. Speaking of which, Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. The experts at Casper work tirelessly to make a quality sleep service that cradles your natural geometry in all the right places. After all, you spend one third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Its breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. Casper now offers two other mattresses, the Wave and the Essential. The Wave features a patent-pending premium support system to mirror that natural shape of your body. The Essential has a streamlined design at a price that won't keep you up at night. All Casper products are designed, developed, and assembled in the United States. Prices are affordable because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to you 
Every Casper mattress is delivered right to your door in a small, how-do-they-do-that-size box. Plus, there's free shipping and hassle-free returns in the U.S. and Canada. Plus, you can be sure your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Here's a special offer to listeners of the Substandard. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash substandard and using promo code substandard at checkout. That's casper.com slash substandard and use promo code substandard for $50 off select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. And that's all the time we're giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorina Manis at Sunny Bunch. Or Michael R. Warren or JV Last. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in Substandard under podcasts. We're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Until next time. I have, I have a couple cost? things. Okay. I have a couple things. We just it. passed the one year anniversary of the Mega Thread. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the mega thread is a year Wait old. A it started in November. And wow. you, like shortly one, after us, then like a couple months. One of uh, the guys from the mega thread, uh-huh. who is the host of the Substandard Expanded Universe Premium Podcast, Sweet Abroad, Sweet Abroad, Tom Lassie, just got hooded. Uh, I'm afraid to just ask. Got his, his PhD. Oh, ah, yeah. so just he defended his. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you think I was talking about? I don't know. About? I don't know. We were just talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. He's Swedish. Okay. Oh, He's yes, into nationalism. Yes. He's okay. oh, good. yes, that too. So, oh, no. Congratulations. So he got his PhD. Doctor. He's been hooded. He's hair doctor, mm-hmm. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Wonderful. very exciting for thing. him. We were all super Terrific. excited. We were. It was one of these no things where on the... On the premium thing, they were all like, you know, waiting as he like went in to defend the dissertation and that, waited with bad breath. That's very, very nice. And uh, yeah, and some big else? news, big news in my house. Yeah. Oh. Flash. Oh. Made the travel team. Hey, did you want him to make the travel team? Pass. Yeah. <laughs> your your life is over. So uh, he yep. was. Uh, we made wow. the decision yep. to allow okay. him to accept the travel team on Sunday evening. You'll never see him again now, right? The You'll first see him parents' the... meeting was yesterday. Uh-huh. The first practice is tomorrow. The oh second God. practice is Thursday. The first day of tournaments is Saturday. The second day of tournaments is Sunday. And I would like to just slide this number across to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I you see can that. see mm-hmm. how much travel baseball costs. Yeah, that's uh, there you go, and that's just and that, not not counting the other teams and things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I hope he remembers this. I'm sure, it's fine.